Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. It was a while back I was at a 50th anniversary party and while I'm in the line to get the food, I've got the paper plate out and I've got the plastic ware and little cup. And anyway, I'm behind a couple of people I don't recognize. So I said, hi, uh, I'm Father Mike. I, I haven't met you before. And uh, so the, the woman uh, turned around and said, oh, well, you know, nice to meet you, Father Mike. And my name's uh, Mrs. Newton. And uh, I thought, oh, well, good to meet you, Mrs. Newton. And this is one of the few times where I didn't just spontaneously say something that came to my mind like, oh, you must be a friend of Fig. Anyway, but I just let it go. Anyway, nice to meet you. And, and so anyway, then she had uh, her husband in front of her. And anyway, so he had a pretty good tan. And, uh, and I said, oh, hi, I haven't met you either. My name's Father Mike. And uh, he turned around and said, oh, so good to meet you, Father Mike. It was, my name's Wayne. And I'm like, oh, good to meet you, Wayne. Well, anyway, then I'm kind of thinking, all right, there's Wayne and then the last name Newton. And it's like, I know that name from somewhere, but I didn't know where. And, uh, but it was familiar sounding. So anyway, I figured, okay, he's someone I've heard of somewhere, but I didn't really know. Well, anyway, we had a good conversation and uh, they're really nice uh, nice down-to-earth people and anyway so later on I'm driving home and I'm thinking I bet my parents know who he is so I called my parents and I said hey mom dad I, I met someone that you might know um, Have you ever heard of Wayne Newton and uh, you met Wayne Newton what's he doing in Oregon you know and I said well you know and I just kind of mentioned I was at this party and I met him I said, oh, nice guy and uh, so anyway um, later on I happened to have a funeral where he was the one doing the eulogy. And so I got to meet him even more and talk to him even more. And again, just a nice guy, really down to earth, really personable. And so he was saying, you know, Father, he goes, you got to come out to the ranch, you know, and we can kind of hang out. And, and, and I said, well, that's great and all. I said, but I just don't get down to Vegas that often. And uh, I said, but I really thank you for the offer. That's really kind of you. And uh, he goes, well, is there something else I can do for you? And I said, oh, you know what? My parents love you. If you could, if you could get them an autograph, that would be awesome, you know, because uh, they wouldn't expect it, you know, and you don't have to, of course, you know, but if, if you can, I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So anyway, a, a couple weeks later in the mail, I get two autographs, one for me and one for my parents. Uh, so anyway, I gave the autograph to my parents, and I, I don't know what to do with mine, but... Anyway, I've, I've got this. Well, then later on, he was doing a concert in Canyonville. There's an Indian casino down there. And my parents were going to this concert with some friends of theirs. So I said, hey, Mom, Dad, I said, just mention to the person at the door that you're Father Mike's parents. And just, just say, Father Mike says hi to Wayne or something like that. And anyway, and so they're going, He's not, they're not going to. And I go, just do it and see what happens. Who knows? So anyway, they just came to the door and they said, oh, we just want to let you know that we're Father Mike's parents and just tell Wayne hi. And so anyway, during the concert, then he stops and he goes, I want to give a shout out to Father Mike Walker's parents. And, and then just kind of started t 
talking about the and anyway the the funny thing about it was then afterwards I had some parishioners who happened to be at the concert and they came back and they said father how do you know Wayne Newton <laughs> and I was like well yes I, I it's just kind of the way things go he's, he's my buddy but <laughs> so anyway the reason why I'm bringing up this story is because in that line, it would have been very easy for him just to ignore me. It's like, well, I'm a celebrity, I'm a singer, I'm famous, and, uh, and not really engage. And at that point, I just would have disengaged, and I would have just kind of had my meal, and everything would have been fine, I suppose. But uh, because he was who he was, there was kind of an opening and an opportunity. And he was able to share a little bit more about him. Uh, we were able to have a, a bit of a connection there. And I also later on uh, came to know him and appreciate his music. So it's kind of funny how that works. You know, with a certain humility and being down to earth, things are a little more presentable and people are a little more engaging. And what they have to say is received a much better way. And Jesus was trying to teach this to the scribes and the Pharisees of his day, but he's also trying to teach his church the importance of this. And just to kind of maybe explain a little bit about the context here, when Jesus is talking about, call no one on earth your father. And of course, being a priest, everyone calls me father. And I know a few priests that they just don't like to be called father. And so they said, just call me reverend, you know, or, or call me bub. I don't know, just something, you know, but don't call me father which is unfortunate because they don't understand the context of this particular gospel and they don't understand the whole idea about spiritual fatherhood which is 180 degrees different than what he was talking about here in this particular passage in the gospel of Matthew so Jesus was talking about not using positions or titles to try to lord it over people and to try to pretend that you're smarter or you're better or somehow more important than them. Instead, we're supposed to take a different approach. And so he gives some examples about what this different approach is supposed to be like. And so, for example, he says that we're here to serve, not to be served. All right, so as Christians, it's about service to our God and his people. You know, so we don't say, hey, I'm Catholic because of what God does for me. You know, give me, Lord, give me, give me, give me. It's all about me. No, it's not. It's about service. And so having some spiritual fatherhood means that we're supposed to be more concerned about God's will and the will and the well-being of the people around us. Also, he says that, that they're not practicing what they preach. All right, again, you know, it's one thing if I'm saying, hey, you all need to do all this stuff, and then I just don't do it, right? Well, you'd be, you'd be thinking like, well, that's not an effective message when you're not even trying to practice what you're preaching. But all of us should be practicing what we preach, what we believe. And so Jesus is calling us to be able to do that, you know, that what Jesus has demonstrated and what he has taught us, that we want to try to implement that in our lives so that we can encourage others, but not just by our words, but also through our examples, you know, so practicing what we preach. The other thing Jesus mentions is not placing burdens over people. So one of the things that I'm supposed to do as a priest is not put up a bunch of obstacles. 
So in other words, someone who comes and says, I really, want to, I really want to learn more. I want to become Catholic. I want to understand who Jesus is. And I say, well, if that's the case, then you've got to jump through all these hoops. Boom, 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 boom. You know, and, and, and just make it uh, un- impossible. Well, no, I'm supposed to be looking for ways to challenge people sometimes, but ultimately uh, to be able to try to help them so that I'm not putting unnecessary obstacles in front of them, but I'm trying to help them to come to know who Jesus is and have access to him. You know, but we all have that same, uh, that same role. As Christians, we're supposed to help others to have access to Jesus in what we say and what we do and how we live. All right, the other one is he says, don't put on appearances. You know, he's talking about these Pharisees that are putting up their phylacteries and they're acting a certain way because they want to be looked at as more important. Well, we don't need to put on appearances. And it's not about how important I make myself look. It's not about my pretty vestments. It's not about uh, how I can use flowery theological language and try to make it seem that somehow, you know, I'm more important because of this stuff. Um, that it's really about interior conversion. Uh, there are things that we do as Catholics when it comes to our worship and our style. Uh, that's not good or bad. It's just kind of what we do. Uh, but we should also make sure that it's not about outward appearances. You know, it's not about how reverent and holy we look. It's about how converted we are in our heart that we humbly serve the Lord and then our outer expression is just an expression of that. You know, so that's part of it too. And then Jesus is critical because the scribes and the Pharisees are not eating with common people. Instead, they're only trying to be with all the important people. And so again, he's saying that, that as spiritual leaders or fathers or as Christians that we also not... Uh, that we eat with everyone. In other words, we interact with everyone, that we're not, you know, trying to struggle for positions of importance and only talk to people that we think might be able to benefit us in some way. And so these are critiques, but they're also lessons and teachings for us. And so as a spiritual father and as a priest, uh, this is something that I actually tend to claim, you know, that it reminds me that I'm supposed to be doing what Jesus taught and I need to imitate his example. And so when I, for example, sign something, Father, I don't sign it Reverend. And one of the reasons is because the word Reverend means revered one. You know, well, if I'm saying I'm the revered one, well, now I'm doing exactly what Jesus told me not to. And so there is something to be said about claiming that fatherhood. And by the way, it's not just me. The early church understood this. And that's why St. Paul, when he's writing to the first Corinthians chapter four, verse 15, He says that you have had many guides, but I fathered you in Jesus Christ through the gospel. All right, so he's saying that there's a spiritual fatherhood that he has and that that is something that he takes ownership of, but it's in Christ through the gospel, right? So so it's that kind of fatherhood. It's not, look how powerful and important I am and better I am, but it's rather how he puts himself at service for the gospel in Jesus Christ for the sake of his people. So St. Paul is claiming that. Uh, not just St. Paul. First um, John, Second John, Third John. So John, the beloved disciple, repeatedly says, he says, like, my little children. You know, so he's claiming this familial relationship with his people because he understands that that spiritual fatherhood is important. And then Peter. So Peter, he talks about Mark, his son. Now, Mark is not literally his son, 
uh, but there is a spiritual fatherhood and a connection between them both. And it's through that idea of, of, of service. Now, the popes, when, when they sign something, they say servant of servants, you know, because the role of the pope is, is to be the servant of all the servants. And even the word pope means father, you know. So, so part of it, I think, is just our understanding that, that when it comes to who we are as Catholics and who we are as Christians, that it's not about trying to make it seem that we're better or smarter or more important than anyone, but rather it's, it's imitating Jesus' example. And that's the great thing about our Lord is that he doesn't just say, yeah, you all need to do all this stuff. But he demonstrates it in the way that he lived and in the way that he offered himself for the sake of the Father and his will. So, for example, the critiques that he had uh, when, when, when Jesus is saying that we are to serve rather than be served, well, he demonstrated that. He gave his very life in service to us for our salvation. Uh, when he says we need to practice what we preach, he did that. He practiced perfectly what he preached. When he said not to lay burdens down on people but to help liberate them and free them, he did that. Uh, by the way, he gave access to God to the people around them and continues to do that to this very day. When he said that we need to not put on appearances but live humbly, he's the Lord of the universe. But look how he lived in such a humble way, more concerned about the salvation of others and following the will of the Father. And then when he talked about eating with everyone, notice what he did in his ministry. How he, yes, he did eat at the houses of some of these Pharisees, but he ate with common people, tax collectors and sinners. And so all this is an example and a model for us and a great image. And so this week we might want to just think about how we can, first of all, appreciate what our Lord has done, but then also take it one step further and say, Lord, help me to be as you were. Help me to be able to follow your path, to hear your words, and to put those into practice. And if we do that, then we will be on the right track, and we won't be follow, falling for those, those falsehoods that Jesus was criticizing in this particular passage. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.